it is an actual crime that we have not bonded over this movie ever. I know. Actually, it um, is. <laughs> I felt so close to you, and you were not in my house when I was watching this movie. That is the, maybe the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. And I'm so glad that we're kicking off Nickelodeon Month with this. Nick November! Nick November! Okay. Oh, my God. We in it now. <laughs> Fresh content. Good for you, baby. Fresh content. You've been working on a lot for a while. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where good spies never get caught. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 1996 Ugh. Nickelodeon movie, <laughs> Harriet the Spy. Nick November, everybody. Welcome. Hi, little onions. Hi, guys. We're going to be nurturing our inner child this month. We so are. We absolutely <laughs> are. The holidays are coming up. <laughs> We all need a little bit of nostalgia. Every planet has been in Gatorade. I know. So we, we need healing. <laughs> Don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. Don't forget to write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. Folks, we want everyone to come and join our little watch party. All right. Let's get to peeping. Okay, no. <laughs> no! <laughs> Not for Nick November! <laughs> Let's get I, to spying? <laughs> Maybe? I'm already in timeout. It's been five minutes. Elegance wanes with age. <laughs> You're looking very 364 months, by the way. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Kids collect insects. Others collect dolls. Harriet M. Welch collects secrets. What? What? What was that? Shake it up, take a sip, and wish for what you like most in the world. I want to see the whole world, and I want to write down everything. Hey! What are you writing? Notes. Can we read them? Can you read this? There's no lead she won't funnel. Stop! Thief! Question she won't ask. Well, wouldn't you eat for a million dollars? Camel burgers, dried roadkill, and my dad's meatloaf. And no way she'll ever get caught. Where's my notebook? Looks like there's something in here for everyone. You wrote down the truth in your notebook, and your friends who weren't supposed to see it did. Harriet? Harriet! Harriet! Harriet the spy. You're in trouble. Paramount Pictures presents Rosie O'Donnell. Good friends and one of life's blessings. Don't give them up without a fight. And introducing Michelle Trachtenberg. Harriet. Good suit. In the first motion picture from Nickelodeon. See the world through the eyes of a spy. I'm never caught. You're right. I'm never caught. Oh, look, ugly waterfall! Oh! Harriet the Spy. Uh, Jamie, what is this supposed to be? No, Mom, don't touch it. Ah! I am a spy. It's a good life. 
Harriet the Spy, sneaking into video stores soon. Guys, my connection to this film is far lesser than my co-host here. Yeah, absolutely. Carrie's been talking about this movie her entire life. I can't remember a time when we did not own this VHS. I know this film was on in my vicinity because I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. But all I before today, all I could honestly say I remember about this film is that fucking VHS. It was bright orange. It was bright orange, and I remember it having Rosie O'Donnell's face on it <laughs> and Harriet, yeah. the spot. Yeah. And she's looking down at you through the magnifying glass. Yes. And when this movie started to play, when I was watching it earlier, I was like, Okay. Okay. And then after the after the after the intro was over, my mind just went blank. I was like, okay, I know nothing else. Yeah. Because that's all I can remember is you popping it in, opening up that VHS, popping in that intro would play. I remember that music when the music was playing at the beginning. The I was soundtrack like soundtrack for this movie is it was a banger. A, it was as if you had just opened my head and gone. Yeah, blow some dust off your brain. <laughs> and I was like, okay. No, I think I think this movie was made by a bunch of neurodivergence. There's no way it wasn't because it's so stimulating. Have you ever have you ever done anything with the book? Have you ever read? Have you ever peeped? No, never. It's from 1964. No, yeah, it's an oldie. Louise Fitzhugh is the author's name. She is also the author of The Long Secret and Sport, which are the two sequels to Harriet the Spy. Oh, that's nice. I, I know. I like it. This is obviously 1996, though, so this is 32 years after its original publication. The uh, year you were born. The, all right. <laughs> all right, we can all do math. Okay. Bet you felt that in your knees. 26 does not feel as good as 25 did. <laughs> <laughs> Director today is Bronwyn Hughes. This was her film debut. Bronwyn, my goodness. I know, I love that name. She's Canadian. She has also done, she's not directed a lot of films, but she has done a lot of TV work. She's done Hawaii Five-0, Teen Wolf, Queen of the South, 13 Reasons Why, Better Call Saul, The Walking Better Dead. Call Saul. Yeah, she's directed a lot of television episodes. Oh, uh, Resident Evil. Oh, God. She directed two episodes of Resident Evil. Wow. I know. Harriet the Spy director, Bronwyn <laughs> Hughes. I mean, it made it made $12 million. Yeah. $14 million, pardon the math. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, and it does predate me. It's a summer movie. It's a summer movie. <laughs> it came out in July. And you were a fall baby. I know. Nick- Nickelodeon movies, uh, they were not a breed back then. I think this is the first one. This is, this is uh, if it's not the very first one, it's the blue. I know. You know what I mean? Just that fun loving. We're all 10 and 10 and 11 years old. You know, we're not quite teenagers yet. We're still kids, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, in theaters, the pilot episode of Hey Arnold was shown before the film. That's incredible. That is incredible. We've talked about Hey Arnold on the Patreon. Go check it out. Guys, we got names. It's going to be a little short, but don't get but don't worry. We've got a lot of content to talk about. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming. For the very first time, <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, Michelle Trachtenberg. She'll be back with us this month. Yeah, she will. She'll be back with us. She actually will. Um, I can't believe it. Guys, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. She was Penny. Ice Princess. Yeah, that's the like. That's, that's the, the last p- time I remember seeing her was Ice Princess. <laughs> Seventeen again. Take me out tonight. Sexy evil genius. Guys, the adventures of Pete and Pete, Law and Order, all my children. Uh-huh. Um I love that she played herself on Blues Clues. <laughs> 
Guys, Dawn Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Of course. Which is really what I should have led with, but oh well. Hey, hey. Played <laughs> Melinda Barduck on a 2006 episode of House. I love that episode. It's called, yeah, and I knew you'd know exactly <laughs> what it is. It's called Safe. I even remember what she has. What is it? It's a tick. Yep. She's got a tick. I'm looking right at it. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a tick on her body somewhere that's given her a disease. Final diagnosis, tick paralysis. <laughs> I hate you. I know. I love it. I hate that I am the way I am. Also, various characters, voice work, 2006 to 2018 on Robot Chicken. Yeah, baby. Okay, Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> anyway, she is playing our protagonist today, Harriet M. Welsh. Oh, my God. Harriet, the spy. Yeah, absolutely. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. You know her. You love her. Our Girl Friday. Our lesbian talk show host. The original <laughs> lesbian talk show host, mind you. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie! Rosie! You're gonna meet Madonna! <laughs> Guys, obviously we know her from the Rosie O'Donnell show. She's been with us a couple of times. Guys, she was with us when we did A League of Their Own. She was also in Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, that's right. A favorite Disney movie of mine. She's in Tarzan. Well, yes, of course. And all the other wonderful Rosie O'Donnell things. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly sit here and name all of them. Rosie, our queen. Go listen to fav- Go listen to past episodes with Rosie if you want the full profile on Rosie. My algorithm is forever messed up because I'm constantly Googling that episode of her and Elizabeth. Oh, The View. I forgot she was on The View. Oh, no. Her and Elizabeth. What's her fucking bucket? You're playing a game and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to throw to my wide receiver. Wide right. Okay. Do you do that? I'm going to do it in two seconds. What does that do for your enemy? Well, you know what, Elizabeth? If the plan. enemy are innocent civilians, I don't want to play that kind of football. The enemy are not innocent Arrest civilians. Arrest him! Let's have a conversation. You know what? Here's how it gets spun in the media. Rosie, big, fat, lesbian, loud Rosie, attacks innocent, pure Christian Elizabeth. And I'm not doing it for the rest of the day. Let me do it. The way she goes, I'm not going to play that kind of football. I want that on my tombstone. You said nothing, and that's cowardly. I'm not going to play this football. Anyway, she's a legend. (laughs) What a wild time to be watching television. (laughs) No, you know what's the best part of that story? You know where she hid out the next day from the press? With? Cindy Lauper. Oh, I hate that she had a crush on her, too. Oh, I know. What's Cindy Lauper? Of course she <laughs> playing did. Playing drums at Cindy Lauper's uh, house. Uh, Rosie, we love you. And you're playing Golly today. Oh, my God. Catherine O'Golly. <laughs> That's incredible. Golly is uh, Harriet's nanny. Yeah. A very well-meaning nanny. And if I could... <laughs> I'm Google. Strike out. Did you mean mother? We are Golly stands here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we sure and are. And if anyone does anything... To my sweet, precious golly, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up. I, I wish know. I could have, I wish I could have a golly that's about as high as your glass. <laughs> Carry her around with me in my pocket to take her out, and she'll just say something, and everything will be okay. I love golly. Anyway, more on that later. We've got Gregory Smith with us here today. He is playing Simon Sport Roke. I always forget his name is Simon. And we're actually welcoming back Gregory Smith here today. You're kidding me? No, no, I'm not. Because like I was watching this, and I was like. I know that face. Uh huh. I know this little boy's face. Uh huh. But it's older. It's older. And I looked him up, and he still didn't. I still didn't recognize him as a full-grown man. And then I was looking through the credits. He was with us, and he played Thomas Martin. 
in the Patriot. He was one of them little kids. He's, he's the second. No, he's the second oldest boy who gets killed. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Oh my God. Uh, We've got Vanessa Lee Chester here with us today. Please welcome her. I really thought that we already would have had her. By oh, this I know. Point. I know. But- I had my own little journey similar to yours today because I was like, I know her. I know, I know her tiny little face. Absolutely. And honestly, we need to do the back end of our Francis Hodgson Burnett coverage. We really should have done a double feature, but there wasn't enough time. There wasn't. We know her from 1993's A Little Princess. She's Becky. She's Becky, yeah. Oh, one of my most cherished literary characters. We also we basically just know her from the 90s. She was in The Lost World, yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, she's kind of fallen off since the 90s. I mean, she's still an actress. She still works, but... I hope she's enjoying, you know, some semblance of privacy and normalcy. She's playing Janie. 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 Definitely Janie. Janie Gibbs. Janie Gibbs, who is Harriet's other best friend besides sport. (laughs) Sport's very poor and Janie is very brilliant in science. Absolutely. As um, Harriet's loving parents here today. Yeah. As Violetta Welsh, we've got J. Smith Cameron. Violetta, you got a name. Because on Amazon, it just says Mrs. Welsh. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I didn't know she had a name. And the thing is, I also recognize this woman. (laughs) But I'm looking through her credits and I don't know what from. <laughs> I feel like it's from television, but nothing's looking familiar. Oh no, she's definitely been on Law and Order. She, yeah, she's once. a Law and Order whore. Oh, like, stop it! She, so many episodes. Those New York I, actors. I've counted almost ten already. Like, <laughs> but you'll know her from Succession. <gasps> she's the lawyer. She is. She's the corporate lawyer, Jerry. Jerry Kelman. Yes, she's Jerry. Oh my God, I gotta call Cam. You I gotta call Cam. You have got a dick in your mouth about Succession. I love Succession. Uh, all right. Okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> It didn't win Emmys for no reason. As Ben Welch, her loving father, we have Robert Joy. He's notable for being in films such as Ragtime. Oh, God. From 1981, the adaptation of the stage musical, which is the adaptation of the book. I know. You know what I recognize him from? Is it Desperately Seeking Susan? No, it's not. (laughs) Or is it The Hills Have Eyes? Absolutely not. Actually, I have seen that, but I didn't recognize him from that. Or what about Land of the Dead? And if it's this and if it's this procedural i'm gonna hit you no it's not the procedural okay (laughs) it's not the procedural (laughs) that that was a threat of violence and i retracted (laughs) i apologize it was not the procedural it's from fallen that denzel washington john goodman movie where they're cops chasing down with m beth davids yeah with m beth davids and they're chasing down like a demon that can switch bodies by touching people that's right oh my god just tuck them away just tuck them Uh, oh my god (laughs) Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Eartha Kitt. Oh, guys. Guys, she's in it for a collective minute and a half. And it's the greatest 90 seconds of my life, honestly. She's playing Agatha K. Plummer. Oh, my God. The rich old lady who got into bed and never got back out. And never got back out. <laughs> it's so Yzma. <laughs> it is. It's so Yzma. <laughs> Darling. Santa baby. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The world does not deserve Eartha Kitt. C'est si bon. C'est si bon. Je cherche un homme. Guys, obviously, she's Yzma in the Emperor's New Group, and it's a crime we haven't covered that yet. I know. And guys, obviously she was with us before when we did Holes. She was Madame Zeroni. <laughs> if, if you forget to come back for Madame Zeroni. you don't carry my murked ass up this mountain, <laughs> I'm going to curse your bloodline. I know. She's iconic. Oh my God. Orson Welles once called Eartha Kitt the most exciting woman in the world. And that's wild coming from fucking Orson Welles. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. 1996, 
very good year. Oh my god. Gotta love that Paramount logo. It is quintessential in a Nickelodeon movie. Oh no, we've got to talk about the Blue Rhino Nickelodeon vanity card. I literally wrote Blue Rhino? (laughs) Why am I remembering this? But also have no idea what's going on. The subject, the opening credits to this movie are still pretty cool. <laughs> like the CGI objects floating around. I vaguely remember this. I have so va- it's the only part of it that I do remember. Uh huh. Because it's, it's just it's stimmy. And it's giving Nickelodeon scat. I know. Like, what? What, <laughs> what well, is happening with the, the music in this film? Is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching all of Harriet's spy gear float by. Just the CGI. It is just, mwah. I love it. I wrote, oh no, Carrie, it's you. <laughs> the writer spy. The writer spy. Okay. You are literally a writer spy right now. Listen, it's not a secret that in order to be a good writer, you gotta be good at noticing your surroundings and being able to articulate what you're seeing. And the reason that's not a secret is because of Harriet the Spy in 1996. <laughs> The fact that this 11-year-old, for most of this movie, is just wandering around being a peeping Tom. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Completely unsupervised. I remember those damn spyglass binoculars. How does one begin to explain Harriet Welsh? Like, she's a sixth grade spy. There's literally no other way to say it. And I'm like, why does she do this? Like, I know why I would do it. To be a good writer? I mean, yeah, but like... There's something about the way she has to be so covert about it. The way she regularly breaks and enters into places she's not supposed to be. Yeah, it's actually kind of wild. Um, but like, she's taken out. What is it she's looking for there at the beginning? Just the front of this uh, market that yeah, we're at? Yeah, she's just parked behind a fruit stand spying on people and taking notes. <laughs> and sees some guy steal an old lady's wallet. Oh my god. I've never once seen a woman look in her purse... Not see her wallet there and go, oh, help, please help. (laughs) It is Nickelodeon, okay? Lady with a purse, man with a wallet. Like jumps right over her and crashes behind her, and, and she like she just shakes her head like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> oh my god. We meet Sport and Janie, her little best friends. Guys, I, I Sport, Sport, your haircut, Sport. <laughs> it's so nineties, right? It's so seventies. <laughs> like no, it's like he has to cut it himself, <laughs> <yeah>. right? <laughs> Sport is big into baseball. He lives with his single dad, who's a writer. Mm -hmm. So you know there are a bunch of starving artists over there. So you know he's drinking. Oh, no. (laughs) They're big time poor, but he doesn't let it affect his life too much. And they're adorable, Sport and Janie are. Janie is a little mad scientist. She's wicked smart. She's wicked smart. She's definitely going to be into STEM when she grows up. They live in New York City. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have even more questions about why they're running around on Supervised so often. It's 1996. (laughs) I mean, it's come on. 
And like one of their favorite pastimes is laughing at their class's biggest prep, Marion Hawthorne, who is just so rich. She opens her mouth and $10 bills fall out. It is 1996. <laughs> who named that child Marion? <laughs> Someone who liked John Wayne. Shame on that parent. Someone who wanted John Wayne and wanted a boy. Shame on that parent. I know. Here comes night, Marion. It's happening. I can feel it happening. Oh, Lord. It's the dreaded Hawthorne effect. Good morning, Jamie, Simon, and Harriet. Harriet. But, like, Marion will unfortunately be a problem throughout. Like, the mean girls of it all. I know! <laughs> like, this is the blueprint for Regina G.D. George. I feel like this girl, there's no way this girl doesn't have private horse riding lessons every single day after school. Look at the way she's dressed! She looks like she's ready for it! I literally, I, I didn't write it until later. I didn't write it until they're in class, but I did write, why the fuck is Marion Hawthorne dressed like it's 1912? <laughs> like, my God. It, it, and we know it's all an act, but we'll get there. Yeah, Harriet and Marion are rivals because they're always going up against each other for class president. Yeah. Harriet's big interested in being class president because one of the class president's duties is editing the sixth grade class newspaper. Can you imagine if the president of the United States <laughs> had a constitutional duty to produce media? <laughs> oh no. What, what's up with that? Harriet is writing in her notebook things about her classmates. And this is where I kind of intellectualized for the first time. Most of these things are really rude. No, yeah, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> Harriet has a lot to say, and she's putting it in her handy notebook, where it belongs. Yeah, no, that's the thing. This is not something that anybody's supposed (laughs) to see. It literally says private across the front. And you know what? In the sixth grade, this is her burn book. This is her little burn book. It is a burn book. And in the sixth grade, (laughs) that's why I say the mean girls of it all. In the sixth grade, we've got Rachel, and she's so far up. She is the Gretchen Wieners. No. She's so far up Marion Hawthorne's ass. We've got Pinky. Pinky's gross. (laughs) And Pinky seems like he should be living on a farm in the middle of Pennsylvania. But no, he's in New York City. We've got Carrie, who everyone hates because she's growing up faster. She's developing early. Yeah. Can relate. Well, we were having fun all summer. She grew boobs or something (laughs) like that. We've got Laura. I don't remember what Laura's problem is. Her face is pinched. Who gives a goddamn? Oh, yeah, her pinched face. (laughs) And then there's Beth Ellen. Oh, this is so... Not the bitch named Beth (laughs) Ellen. Ross, when I tell you I ugly laugh at this... Beth Ellen Hansen always looks like she's about to cry. I wish someone would just kick her and get her over with. I wish someone would just kick her and get it over with. Not the locker full of cutouts of teen magazine boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, there's like cast members of Boy Meets World on the inside of her cubby. Also, 11-year-old sixth graders? I know. They're usually 12 by that point. But anyway, there's also the, uh, the man of mystery himself, the boy with the purple socks on. No one knows his name. And he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. And- this is this was such a treat getting to dissect <laughs> this. It's such a weird little movie. There's also Miss Elson, who's nice and polite enough. She's their new teacher this year because apparently the last two were ran out. Oh no, she has big Mrs. Puff energy for me. Like I feel like Good day, class. <laughs> <laughs> Today we will be. Yeah. But she could also secretly be living on the run. You know what I mean? No. 
Not, not again. again. Got to end <laughs> this thing before it begins. Mrs. Puff, what? Guys, you I'm so excited to do SpongeBob later. Anyway, anyway. For the third year in a row, Marion Hawthorne is voted class president. And it's very <laughs> annoying. Her duties include taking attendance, reporting bad behavior, and of course, as we said, editing the school newspaper. See, I wrote being a narc. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Yeah. No fun here. And so everybody's like, Marion fucking Hawthorne, of course. And I love how sports like, hey, want to play? Because, like, you know, we're like kids. Yeah. You want to hang out? Any of you guys want to come over? I got to get home. If my amoebas start incubating, they really stink up the house. Harriet? Sorry. It's my time. Harriet, I'm sure her middle name is Marie. Harriet Marie, Marie Welsh, Welsh yes. just gets her spy kit together and starts climbing rooftops. I wrote that fucking yellow coat. I know. I remember that coat. Iconic, right? I remember the coat and the spyglass binoculars. Oh. Absolutely. I love the compact, the butterfly compact, the green one. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. And Carrie Ann, who's she peeping on first? We have our first spy subject of the film. She is on the rooftop what of the... the- I know. She's on a rooftop. How she got up there, I'm so not sure. She's looking down into the apartment of one Harrison Withers. Harrison Withers is like 112 years old, and he has 12 cats. And he's scatting to them. (laughs) It's actually adorable. But you know what? He loves cats, but his real work is for the birds, as she says. Wow. Birdland. But his work is for the birds. Charlie Parker. In any case, his cages are the most beautiful I've ever seen. He designs luxury bird cages. I shit you not. I aunt listen. <laughs> this is a quintessential New York resident right here. <laughs> The man with too many cats, who is also building elaborate bird cages in a space he cannot be paying enough for. Also, headcanon, queer? I would like to think so. (laughs) Just see the way this hat is dancing to get off my head. Sorry. And he also lives in constant fear of the health department because they got his number. That guy knocking on the door, and she's like, The health department has it in for Harrison because they say he's got too many cats. Too bad for them, Harrison has a system. See a hat, don't be home. No hat, no problem. Harrison Withers' secret to avoiding the cops? Don't be home. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the cops, it's the health department, but still. Guys, I have in all capital letters, it's time to meet Golly. Gotta love Golly. Tell me about what Golly looks like. You mean Rosie O'Donnell? (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell, yes. (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell in a red beret and that overcoat. Why do I just remember her that way, even though I have little to no recollection of this movie? Because that's how she looked on the box. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You're 100% right. And, like, I love it. Janie Sport and Harriet are waiting on the stoop for her in front of Harriet's house. And I love this little entrance. Okay, okay. I just wanted to know why you're always writing like a maniac. I want to remember everything. I want to know everything. Well, you must realize, Harriet, knowing everything won't do you a bit of good unless you use it to put beauty in this world. True or false? True. Of course it is. I want to remember everything. I want to know everything. I know. I welled up a little bit. You did? Well, just a little bit. 
<laughs> oh, I have I have notes. <laughs> I have notes about the way I'm crying later. Oh, this is going to be about me, isn't yeah. it? Yes. <laughs> Golly is the absolute best person. She's very wise and funny. She's always trying to get the kids to try new things and go new places. She takes them to a literal art garden. Oh, this, Ross, this part of the movie slaps. Oh, I know. We're, we're beating Mrs. W, her very good friend. And the way they're like, oh, she seems a little, uh-uh, you know, out of it. <laughs> and I love this line. That's Mrs. W, a very good friend of mine. It's kind of unusual. <laughs> you know, there are as many ways to live as there are people in this world. And each one deserves a closer look. Golly. I love her. Golly, Wally, what a day. <laughs> I... I just, I just like every scene she just kept pricking farther into my heart I and know. I was like I need a pocket version of Golly I know. to say these things when I need to hear them and this garden is sick I know look around have fun whoa awesome wind chimes for days which I'm sure you loved <laughs> not and we've got Meg step aside no seriously from Twister yeah (laughs) we've got spinny metal sculptures gazebos pinwheels made out of tennis rackets percussion instruments made out of hubcabs bird baths in all (laughs) conceivable shapes oh you really took notes (laughs) trunks full of neckties (laughs) soda hanging from trees for no reason and there's nothing like ramping some kids up with some soda, right? Oh, God. No, seriously. When they're passing around that soda bottle and Golly's telling them to make wishes and then, like, take real big gulps. I want to replicate my own DNA and win the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Woo! Oh, my God. Okay, shake it up, sport. Shake it up. I want to play more baseball games than Cal Ripken Jr. Oh, yeah. And get filthy rich doing it. Oh, yeah. The way Harriet chugs the rest of that bottle. I want to see the whole world and write down everything. (laughs) She's so excited. Downs the whole thing. (laughs) We start to understand very quickly that Harriet is very attached to Golly. And, well, she should be. Golly's been her nanny her entire life. Since she was born. 11 long years Golly has been around. Ben and Violetta Welsh. <laughs> what do they do? Are they writers? Yeah, okay, here's the thing. They're writers for some show on TV, right? No, like, okay, Ben is a writer. He's a comedy writer. Yeah. Like a successful one, okay? <laughs> and then uh, Violetta, I guess is her name, does bookkeeping. Like, their lives are not hard. And she's their only child, but they've had the same nanny for 11 years. It's just Ben and Violetta like to party. Uh-huh. How long have you been with me, Gully? Since you were born. 11 years and 12,000 tomato sandwiches ago. And you'll never leave me, right? Well, I won't leave you leave you, Harriet, but you know one day you're going to be big enough. And, well, well, big enough to take care of yourself. And when that day comes, you won't need me, and I'll be gone. But you know what? That day is not today. I wish there. I just, you know, I just wish there were more Golly in the film. I know. I wish there was more to the personal side of Golly, so that we could understand her a little bit better. Yeah. But at the same time, we she still comes across really well because, like, she starts having this conversation with Harriet. I wrote, Golly says, this will end. Oh no! Like, I know I, I love taking care of you. You're my special person, but. 
there will be a day where you do not need me anymore and you will be able to take care of yourself and it's not too far away. Yeah. You know? Oh, boy. I think I was being left at home by myself by 13. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you say? I was being, I was 14 when I was left home alone with you. A tomato and mayo sandwich. Oh, not this. Is Harriet's favorite thing to eat. I knew you were going to stop this recording cold to talk about the mayo and tomato sandwich. Because here's the thing. I also have things in my life that I know I like that are disgusting to eat. Oh, yeah. And I was so lit. It tomato, mayo, <laughs> and bread. <laughs> Even you were disgusted. I was. And I, I thought to myself, Ross, come on now. You ate some pretty gross things. Not even cream cheese with olive? <gasps> yum, yum, yum. Or how about pastrami? Roast beef? How about the fancy cucumber kind with the crust cut off? Mom, I can't help it if I know what I like. And I know that I like tomato. We have spy subject number two now on our second day of spying. After school spy route. After school spy route. The Hong Fats Food Emporium. You could have picked a different name, Nickelodeon. You could have picked <laughs> God, a different name. This market that's run by this highly dysfunctional Chinese family. I, just, I can't. Harriet goes around the back of this grocery store to spy through the back door. They've got a white guy stalking in the back. And Harriet thinks she's seeing him like stowing veggies away to steal. Holy cat's a veggie thief. <laughs> And, like, she goes over to the next window, and, like, the whole family is in this rear part of the store. Grandpa is having acupuncture done. What is going on? Just in the middle of the store. Come on, Ma. Let me have the truck. I got a date. What do you take me for? The Hong Fats have a son. Frankie. He's cool. American style. His parents are Chinese style cool. Frankie likes going out. But they'd rather he work in the store selling milk and bread and lizards. Kind of love Frankie, to be honest. I, I'd hang out with Frankie. I'd also hang out with Frankie. <laughs> He's very cute. Harriet doesn't even want her own parents to tuck her in at night. That's how far divorced she is from them emotionally. Yeah, no, Golly's her mom. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Golly is her mom. Like she'd rather have Golly tuck her in because they have their own little nightly routine. The cutest shit in the wide world, where they recite the Walrus and the Carpenter back and forth. Oh my god! I can't stand it. Good night. You want me to tuck you in? Golly can do it. The time has come. The Walrus said. To talk of many things. Of shoes and ships and stealing wax. Of cabbages and kings. And why the sea is boiling hot. And whether the pigs have wings. You have any wings? Yeah. Let me see. I wrote Golly and Harriet forever. I know. <laughs> and so Violetta and Ben go out on a little date night. And Golly and Harriet are supposed to have, like, a little night in together. That's what's fun about this. Yeah, Veggie Thief shows up for Golly. Oh, my God. Like, oh, this is something I hope to God Golly cleared with her parents. Having a man over for dinner, right? Yeah. She's cooking him bratwurst. She hates bratwurst. I know. And, like, yeah, you're right. They run to the door. I love it. That doorbell goes off. And Harriet is, like, a bat out of hell. Good evening, Catherine. Veggie thief. Catherine? Harry M. Welsh, Mr. George Waldenstein. 
Yeah, George last name. <laughs> George last name. <laughs> yeah. He calls her Catherine. Who's Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's I know. golly. I love that Rosie O'Donnell can barely play it straight. I know, right? Just barely. I, I believe still it. believe her, but I see it under her eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, we know that look in the mirror. <laughs> we know that look. And I love how Harriet is taking absolutely every opportunity she can to ruin the romantic mood. Good soup. Harriet, where are your manners? I don't know. Maybe somebody stole them. Harriet! <laughs> Harriet! The shade! Also, I know I bitched about Marion, but not Harriet. I know. Anyway, moving on. I know why she doesn't trust this guy. He might be stealing from a family of immigrants. Or them. Yeah, I know. But or like, golly. Or yeah. golly, but like he did give up like big business for a simpler life, right? Like that's his big backstory. Mm-hmm. He used to be really successful, and now he's a delivery boy. Man. Delivery man. <laughs> and so, d- golly ruins dinner. And both George and Harriet collectively convince her to go out to dinner in a movie. Movie, movie, movie! Come the on, idea Gully! seems popular enough. Yes, but the Welshes will be out. Till million o'clock! Oh, please, oh, no, please, please, oh, 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 please, oh,
Harriet's on the stairs listening to oh, oh, yeah. them try to talk her out of it. They're like, listen, and I have cut to her parents begging her to stay. Her, her parents are like, listen, it was an overreaction. We're sorry. And Golly's like, yeah, but I don't think there's anything you can do to change it now. You're right. It's definitely time for me to move on. Harriet is old enough to take care of herself, and she should. They're practically pulling on her sleeve. No, please don't go. We don't have any emotional connection with our child. If you leave. <laughs> gonna have to talk to it i know you know like that's the energy (laughs) like and harriet's so sad i can't stand it like because obviously golly catches her listening to them on the stairs i wrote carrie i'm fucked up i'm crying i'm i'm fucked up don't leave golly god damn it the time has come the walrus said to talk of many things of shoes and ships and sealing wax Of cabbages and kings. And why the sea is boiling hot. And whether pigs have wings. It is fall in New York City, baby. And she is out on the front steps, Golly is, with all of her belongings, waiting on her taxi. And this scene breaks me every single time. Harriet is crying, standing next to her, when she says, just because you're on your own doesn't mean the world stops turning. Tell me why I burst into tears, Carrie. That fucking kills me mm-hmm. every single time. And yeah, you're right. She looks at her and says, don't use me as a reason to give up. Okay, Aaron Gruel. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Just because you're on your own doesn't mean the world stops turning or that there are no more fascinating people to observe and fill your notebooks with. That's your job, Harriet. That's your job for life. And when you're all grown up and you sell your first novel, I'll be first in line at that bookstore getting my autographed copy. Oh. Oh. Oh, it gets me in the feels every single time. I wrote, Carrie, this is your fucking fault. (laughs) I almost turned the movie off. You did not. I literally wrote, it's a quarter of the way done. And you feel like you've gone through so many emotions already. Goodbye, Harriet the Spy. Oh, and she's chasing the taxi down the street. My God. Poor Harriet enters her Bella Swan phase. Like that whole portion. Ah! That whole There's a possibility. <laughs> that whole portion of New Moon with the camera just 360ing around her November. as the seasons go by out. December. January. That Cinema Sins clip. <laughs> yeah, with the lamp where she's carrying her so many lamps in Bella Swan's room. She does not need that much light, I promise. But we're off topic. We're so off topic. Everything's the same as when Golly was here. It looks the same. It smells the same. But there's this tiny hole inside me that wasn't there before. That creeped into my soul. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this poor kid. I know. She needs that woman. Uh-huh. She needs that woman in her life. And, and I'm, I'm kind of fucking mad at Golly. I know. Would any of this have happened if Golly had stayed? I mean... I really don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> 
And so we go to check in on Mr. Withers, the cat man. No cats at Harrison Withers? Oh, man. The health department finally got him. And like, oh, my God, she's watching the health department guy carry those cats out. The comedic way that guy just has all 12 of those cats in one huge burlap sack. I know. And just throws them in the back of that truck. What an inhumane way to carry cats. As if that would ever happen. It's so it's it's the cartoonish evil of it is yeah, what it is. Thank you, Nickelodeon. I will always remember that face. That's the face you make when you really lose something. Harriet. Harriet, honey, you were going through it. She's eleven. She's eleven years old. It's like she's died. I know. At Hong Fat's grocery. Frankie is in trouble for totaling the delivery truck. I love that scene where his entire family is wailing his, on him. Oh, just hauls his broken ass into the store and starts verbally berating him for ruining this truck. And then Grandpa gets up in the middle of acupuncture and fucking tears him a new one on the face. He like- just smacks the shit out of him with a rolled up newspaper like he's a schnauzer that's pissed on the carpet. Sometimes I think families everywhere are exactly the same. Everybody get back to work. We see sport in the store. Oh yeah. I will need you to. Re- I want to remind you all of something. It is 1996. Sport puts on the counter eggs, milk, bread, and something else. Cheese. Four items. The girl behind the register rings it up and goes, "That'll be six seventy-five." <laughs> and Carrie, when I told you, when I tell you, I stood up. <laughs> no, I stood up and went, "No." Yeah, no. But then you six dollars. <laughs> this is USD. I know US dollars. I know six dollars and seventy-five cents. But that- I paid that for gas this year. I know per gallon. <laughs> I know, but you but you immediately felt like a dick, right? Because sport doesn't have enough money. I wrote, what's wrong, sport? Poverty? Oh, no. And yeah, I, I don't think sport's dad um, spends a lot of time making any real money. Yeah. He's a writer, and he's also an alcoholic, and it's very hard. And sport is literally... Um, the woman of the house. Like, literally, he mm-hmm. does everything. He cooks, he cleans, he takes care of his dad. Yeah. And it's a really bad position for him to be putting that child in. And, oh, it is. It will get back to Mr. Sport in a minute. Mr. Sport. <laughs> but Harriet, seeing all of this happen from the rear window, decides she's going to go into the store and hand over a dollar and say she saw him drop it. Hey, Sport. How you doing? Hi. Um, I said I dropped this outside. Oh. Thanks. Yeah. And she doesn't say anything to him about it. I know. She's she don't a, want to make him feel bad. She's a good friend. For now. For now. For now. Oh, no. I, <laughs> she makes my shit list later. Not a holiday pageant. Oh, the annual sixth grade holiday pageant. We're at a brainstorming session. Miss Elson is like, there are no bad ideas. And I'm like, no, no Miss Elson, there, there are bad ideas. There are bad ideas, Mrs. Puff. Um, like the... <laughs> Janie's idea is the Manhattan Project. <laughs> Janie, when she, what? When she blurted out with that, she was like, I can be J. Robert Oppenheimer. And like... <laughs> 
Janie, no! Janie, no. And like Sports shouts out Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's Marion Hawthorne's bright idea? Because you know she has one. A giant holiday feast. Yeah. Something healthy, low in fat, and very delicious, of course. There could be parts for everybody. Uh, grains, vegetables, and best of all, a shiny silver centerpiece. Isn't a good idea, Marion? You could play the barf bag. A holiday feast. Oh, God. Everybody's going to be dressed up as food. I, I know it's for the end. Uh-huh. But I, all I'm going gonna, gonna to say two words to you, and it brought me so much joy. Okay. Gravy boat. <laughs> yeah, We'll yeah. talk about it at the end. Anyway. <laughs> and so we go to Janie's house. <laughs> Harriet is at Janie's, and Janie is in the middle of creating a stink bomb. Guys, test tubes, beakers, <laughs> Bunsen burners. In this child's bedroom. Oh, yeah. No. I love that Janie's mom clearly does not know the full breadth of what's going on. Yeah. She has no idea. Not her using her mom's Victoria's Closet bra <gasps> to keep the exhaust from coming off of those beakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This gets me because her mom comes in the room and she's the nicest, jolliest lady. I love her. Yeah. And, like, she's like, is this, is this my bra? And goes over to it. She's like, wait, don't. No, Mom, don't touch it. Uh, what? Janie! It's an experiment with mold. Oh! Janie! That's where my Veronica's closet bra went to, huh? You know, I'm sick to death of this mad scientist baloney. Look at this. Look at this. Not the mold balloons. Yeah. Oh, she's covered. She looks like she's been on slime time. And while she starts yelling at Janie, Harriet knows it's time to leave. <laughs> and Carrie? I know. Here's what I wrote. Girl, why can't you just leave a house normal? You got to <laughs> crawl out the window? She crawls out her window. I know. Not onto a fire escape, but <laughs> onto a gable. Yeah, I know. That she then... <laughs> Gets down off of onto the gable of the house next door. <laughs> and then drops off the house. It just, it smacks of the Goonies. Data, Data, use the front door from now on. <laughs> use the front door from now on, please. I was like, girl, can't you just leave a house normal? Like, now we're trying to find new ways to spy. Harriet is in the side yard of the building where Sport lives. Trying to build a furniture tower three stories up so she can peep through their window. Jesus McChrist, Harry. <laughs> this is this is just so wild. It is a liability. All this furniture laying out here. Poor Squirt has to save her dangling ass because you know it all comes down. Oh, no, absolutely. He's not even mad. He just pulls her inside the apartment. And guys, oh. once again, like we said, Sport is the mom. I love. He has to mother himself and his father. Not him actually cleaning the house with a frilly apron on. Oh, sport. You didn't have to do that, He's buddy. He's assuming the gender role. He misses his mom. I know. Bless his soul. Mm. Hey, guys, when I tell you he does the accounting for the family money. <laughs> These are the books. Every week I get a check. I write the amount down in here. I pay the bills and then whatever's left is food money. I hate money. You'd like it a lot more if you didn't have any. What in the wide world? Yeah, no, he's got, he he is literally controlling this family's finances. No. And by this family, I mean him and his dad. No, listen, I'm sure Mr. Sport needs help 
and I would like him to get it. He's like, but also... But when he's like, I get the check, and I cut the check, and I record it down here, and I was like, you're balancing a checkbook. He, you're, 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 he should have to be worried about playing baseball. He should have to work on his strike. Like, that's it. Doing the books, I can't. I'm going to make myself hoarse with rage. We've got ourselves a new stock. Oh, spy subject number four. Why did she call it a new stock? I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we have Agatha K. Plummer. Spy root. Brand new stock. Home of Agatha K. Plummer. A big private house. The big type security. Until today. What's her deal? I don't know. We never get it, do we? Like... <laughs> I have so many questions. Like... Why is she lives in this beautiful mansion with this maid and this the guy literally dropping off dogs? Oh no, yeah, the Pomeranian, the yeah. Pomeranian, the groomer picked the Pomeranian up and dropped it back off. Yeah, that's how rich this woman is, and like she Harriet manages to slip in through this highly secure mansion, literally behind the maid when she comes to collect the dog. Who is making a maid dress like that in 1996? Uh, obscenely wealthy people You're who right. would like to be reminded of their class the fact that this character is just here oh i know just to be visited they had no business going this hard with this character because first of all this house this interior looks like casablanca meets the bates residence i bet they spent the most money on that set i know (laughs) and it's here for five seconds guys it's incredible and like of course harriet gets in there and the dog smells her immediately so she climbs into the dumbwaiter to avoid the dog. She gets the bright idea to treat the dumbwaiter like her own personal elevator. Because that always goes so well, right? Mm-hmm. Go it's... on over to the Patreon and see how well that works. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's probably a hundred years old. And so she starts pulling herself all the way up to Agatha K. Plummer's room. Guys, Eartha Kid is here. She sure is. She's looking good. Yes, darling. That that wig. The pink wig. It's iconic. It's purisma. I know. (laughs) Whenever she talks, I don't hear Madame Cerrone. I don't hear Eartha Kitt. I hear Yzma. (laughs) If you want to talk about something delicious, I have something delicious. I have the secret of life. Yes, darling. You simply crawl into your bed and you never, ever leave it again. (laughs) Never. Sweet Liberace. Wow. <laughs> this woman is so obscenely wealthy that she can just afford to live in bed. I know, and yeah. And just have all of her affairs ca- taken care of by other people. And I'm just like, oh my, I need this life. I need this life so bad. It's also giving Corella DeVille a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm remembering this moment. Uh-huh. I'm remembering this moment from childhood. And I'm actually remembering in this moment why I didn't pick that movie back up again. Uh Uh-huh. And why I stayed away from it. Yeah? Because I was little. Oh, and this scene traumatized you. it scared me. Yeah, because we're... (laughs) It scared me because there was a child screaming and there were adults screaming and I knew something was wrong. Oh, no. Spoiler alert, we're about to get caught. I was very little. (laughs) Because she's in that dumbwaiter and, of course, it makes noise. And Plummer makes the maid go over to open the doors. And this series of cuts is hysterical. And he bits that rat. Kill it! Oh, Mrs. Plummer. I'm sure it's absolutely nothing. (laughs) 
oh, Harriet's broken. She got caught. And a good spy never gets caught. Oh, she's, oh my God. The the 11-year-old drama. I can't handle it. When she's wistfully writing in her little notebook on the steps of the school the next day. And her friends are like, let me guess, no playtime? Oh, spy yeah. time. And she's like, mm, I'm not feeling very spy today. <laughs> I think I'll play. I'll play. Oh my God. Yeah, we're all going to the park to play. Like her whole class. I love it. Them standing around in a circle trying to decide what to play. Marion wants to play by the Volvo. I don't know what that fucking means. It's a rich person pretend game, I guess. I'm sure it is. And I think what we finally settle on is bumper tag. Which just seems like a super aggressive, like... It's, it's like a, just so you can knock each other down. Yeah, it's a form of tag that requires a liability waiver. What the hell was that game we used to play in high school? Uh, Lap tag? Yo, Carrie. <laughs> so many people were not, injured. Not you bringing up lap tag. Oh my god, people lost teeth! Well, they did lose teeth. We were dumb <laughs> as fuck for that. We were dumb as fuck for that. Oh my god. Also, they start to play around. They start playing this little tag game. What's with the Latin jazz? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Kids are running everywhere, throwing their books and stuff, including Harriet. I love that shot. Watching her books going flying through the air in slow motion. It's the beginning of the end. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> Just watching that notebook go flying through the air and landing in the leaves. And of course, Marion Hawthorne, the original Regina George, finds it on the ground. This is Mean Girls. I know. <laughs> and because it says private on it, of course she wants to go through it. Harriet finds the whole class listening to Marion read out loud. I literally have, this is the burn book before there was a burn book. Listen, guys, we shy away from the protagonist at this point. We, she has sent them all to us, privately, with the audience, you know. She's had her private time with her audience. But they're all hearing the comments that she's made about them so far. Completely out of context. I mean, there's not a lot of context for some of them. Some of them are really ugly. Um, oh, the no. purple socks comment Oh, was too much. If I were the boy with the purple socks, I'd hang myself. Cut it out, Marian. I'd hang myself? Are you kidding me? That was so fucked up. That was not okay. Harriet, that was fucked up. I know you're 11. Yeah. But that was... and I, You say dumb shit when you're that age. I said even grosser things when I was 18. Yeah. But like... I know. That was fucked. It's a Nickelodeon film. Marion Hawthorne's eyes are so full of evil. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is, is that she turns it around on Janie and Sport. Oh, yeah. She, she goes to the spot in the journal where Harriet wrote that thing about Janie being a mad scientist. Yeah, and that she thinks she's weird and that she'll grow up to be a total nutcase. And the way Janie just joins Marion's side of things uh -huh. after hearing it. And Sport's like, come on, guys. And Marion's like, oh, wait. Oh, wait, Poverty. I've got one for you. Um, Sport is so poor, he can't even afford food. Why can't his father just get a real job? <gasps> Oh, and get this as well. One day, I had to pretend he dropped a dollar just so he can afford some milk and bread.
Oh my god! And sports just like sport doesn't even yell. <laughs> sport turned around and mentally went. See now I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> that poor kid. That poor kid. He's just been so embarrassed in front of his whole class. When he literally was like, "I have to go home and make dinner. I can't be here anymore." Oh man. <laughs> Like, Stop laughing! It's I, I'm awful. so sorry. This. Oh no! You know what did make me bust though? What? The way Marion points at Harriet and says, "Sit over there until we figure out what, what we're to gonna do, do with you." With you? <laughs> oh my fucking god! Yes, she has united them in hatred. I know. Against her, and this translates all into the Harriet Smells campaign. Oh god! She's been ostracized from everyone. Not a single friend in the world. We've developed a club. They formed a club, spy catchers. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, their whole objective. <laughs> Is to annoy her in public. <laughs> to make it impossible for her to do her spying. Because they go around everywhere on rollerblades, banging pots and pans together to call lots of attention to her. Her root is ruined. Where are they? <laughs> Literally, where are they? Literally. Are they missing their cookware? <laughs> what the fuck? Literally, tell me. And so the next day, oh boy, this is where she gets nabbed by a cop while trying to run away from them. Oh, Harriet. Oh, Harriet. And that's when the parents sit her down and they're like, listen, this obsession you have with spying on the locals. And writing it all down in your notebook? Like, there's literally a documentary about this called Voyeur. Definitely that one's way grosser, like what that dude was doing. But, like, it's similar. She's spying on people and tracking their behavior. It is weird. Harriet the Voyeur. <laughs> Harriet the Voyeur. I'm sorry I said it. I know. Uh, this obsession you've developed is not entirely healthy. Now, we've made a decision, and, and uh, we, uh... We want you to stop with the notebook. <laughs> stop writing? Not forever, just as an experiment. And so the parents say, listen, we're going to take a break from the notebook for a while. Just for a while, but the way Harriet will not give it up... <laughs> no, no, she's like... Oh, my God. The, oh, the Gen X dad way. He went... If you make me move you, I will move you. And she just, like, <laughs> lifts her left ass cheek so he can take it out from under her. Oh, my God. And no, oh, that's not even the most humiliating part. Because now at school, she is being subjected to notebook pat-downs? Well, they, they, yeah, they took the notebook away because that's all she was doing. She wasn't even doing her schoolwork anymore. Yeah. And Miss Elson literally has to check her for a notebook every day because <laughs> when they take one away, she gets another one. Yeah. Somehow, some way. And, yeah, the notebook checks are kind of humiliating. And she, everyone at school is already being a dick to her because she was a dick to them in private and then it got outed. Yeah, for real. We're in art class. Is this scene dramatic or what? I do remember the blue paint. Oh, here we go. I, I, I only remember the bare bones pieces of this. Like... <laughs> because, like, she's watching everybody around the room, like, giggle and make side eye at her, right? And she's pretending... The Harriet Smells campaign, yes. Yeah, she's <laughs> pretending not to notice. She's thumbing through 
through this book about like witch trials, like witch hunts, and I'm oh, like, very relevant, Harriet, <laughs> very relevant, Harriet. It's so not that dramatic, sweetheart. <laughs> and like the this is so Carrie, honestly, because. <laughs> Yeah. Rachel, like the Marion Hawthorne wannabe, picks up this can of blue paint. And honest to God, Ross, I don't know if she does it on purpose or not. It really does kind of look like an accident. She just pitches forward and that blue paint goes all over Harriet. That she did it on purpose. Okay, fine. <laughs> I I, I want to believe the best in Rachel. I, 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 but I, yeah, I can't, I can't trust Rachel. I know she's not Rachel. She's uh, trying to be Mary. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It does. It is the kind of thing that Marion would do because the entire class comes at her with napkins. This is the part that I felt like was Carrie because they're all putting their hands all over her and yelling about how she's messy and she's screaming at them to stop. It's very Mia, you're such a freak. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, and then and Marion. Marion then takes a secondary can of blue paint and pours it on top of Harriet's head. Cracks Marion across the face. It makes the best noise. (laughs) (laughs) Whopped that bitch in the face. Bye. (laughs) It wasn't very dignified. The revenge. Oh, God. The revenge tactics that then ensue. I wish I had a list. Oh, I have a list. Thank God. Uh, I know. But, like, I love the way that montage starts. Because it just starts with Harriet ominously scratching the names of her classmates into her desk. It's very Arya Stark's list. Like it's, <laughs> it's a hit list. She's literally carving into Cersei, the Hound, Ilan Payne. <laughs> oh my god! And like, oh god. Here's the thing, though. It takes her no time to completely cross the line when it comes to this revenge list. I really don't like that she starts this off. With cutting off that girl's braid. She cuts, yeah, she cuts off that girl's braid when she's sitting. It's Laura. She cuts off Laura's braid sitting in front of her in class. That's too much. What else? She she raises Carrie's bra on the flagpole. Oh, yeah, that's awful, too. Runs her bra up her training bra, I'm sure. What does she do to Beth Ellen? She defaces the inside of Beth Ann's locker. All of the hotties on the inside of her locker. She ruins Pinky's arts and crafts project. Yeah, she sure does with the popsicle stick. She ruins Janie's science experiment by turning up the heat on the beaker or whatever. When she puts up all the pic, because she took that picture of sport oh, in the no. apron and she put it up all over the school. And she it says, photocopied it. And oh. it says man of the house. Harriet. Oh my, it, she, but guys. <laughs> oh no. Guys. Oh no. She really goes full throttle on what she does with Marion. Remember how I always say, if I ever have to throw hands, I'll try to break someone first by reading them to filth? (laughs) This is where I learned that. I wrote, she goes full throttle on the revenge with Marion and it's kindergarten shit with everybody else. (laughs) We're in the bathroom. Marion's with all her cronies. And Harriet is divulging to the entire room 
The fact that Marion does not even have a relationship with her own father. That he divorced her mother and ran off with his secretary. And the way she stops before leaving the room and goes, Your father lives in Amsterdam. He hasn't seen you in three years. And you want to know why, Marion? Because he doesn't love you. Oh my god, Harriet, do not give a fuck Welsh. I hear that song. I don't give a fuck, not a single fuck, not a single solitary fuck. I don't give a fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god, Harriet. Mic drop, like. Oh my god. And obviously. Psyche Val. I know. I would be worried about her too. Because obviously her parents start getting calls from all the other parents. When they go into her room to chastise her. Oh no. And she just starts throwing shit at them. I was like, this is a child in pain. Oh this no, because is- they're yelling at each other and she's just got her hands on her ears. No, sweetheart. I can't understand how this is fine. Oh, big mood. Carrie, this really is you. It is. <laughs> and like she chucks that book at them and that's the last straw. It's time to go to a psychologist. And I just, the way this child psychologist, just his whole office, his whole vibe is so mid 90s intellectual. Yeah, no. It's so hilarious to like, me. How about a game? Do you play chess? Gully was gonna teach me, but... Gully? Who's he? Just somebody. You sit here and play with this stuff all day? Don't you have toys at home? Yeah, but I'm 11. But he manages to convince her to play Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And I, I, Ross, I howled until my stomach hurt. I wrote it down. I said, not Gavin pointing at the screen and saying, yeah, I went to a lot of doctors like this. Ah! <laughs> ah! Gavin, I love you, bud. <laughs> oh, my good grief. Here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with Harriet. You know, in the strictest sense, she's just going through a time right now. When she's literally skipping back and forth, holding her dad's hand, crossing the street, going, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> and he literally is just like, he said, you're fine. Yeah. He you're said, fine. you're fine. He said, you're literally fine. You're $450 later, <laughs> you're, you're fine. completely normal. She's like, I could have told you that. And guys, they give the notebook back. <laughs> When her mom comes in, it's the only scene I like Violetta in. Because she says the four little words that most of us missed hearing from our parents. We made a mistake. (laughs) She's like, don't ever do it again. I know. (laughs) I do like what her mom says. She's like, when you grow up, you might have children. And if you do, you're going to try really hard to understand them. But I keep telling you. I know, you told me about the notebook. And even though you're telling me, and even though I'm listening... I still don't understand it, Harriet. And I know that that's not, like, comforting in any way, shape, or form, but it's this... It, it is, is communicative. It is just, like, a little bit. 
Because, like, I just love hearing her mother say that. Yeah, admitting it. Admitting it. Like, try getting your mother to admit that. I mean, <laughs> try getting your mother she to has. admit She <laughs> Her has. mother has admitted that she <laughs> does not understand. <laughs> I am an enigma. <laughs> yeah. I am unknowable. You tell me and I try to listen, yeah. but I don't understand. It's a step in the right direction. It's a statement in the right direction, I think. And so the next day... I'm going to cry again. I I, I, the all caps, I'm crying at the golly. Because here's the thing. Harriet and her dad are just sitting on the stoop playing with a cootie catcher. And her dad says. I'm sorry, pause. A what? A cootie catcher. What? What? A cootie catcher. That's what it's called. What are you talking about, man? Oh, you are too young for cootie catchers. A cootie catcher? I cannot believe. That thing, the origami thing with the colors and the numbers. That's called a cootie catcher. That is not what that's called. <laughs> oh, don't make My me sub generation up. has a different name for that. What's that? I don't remember. <laughs> I know we didn't call it a cootie catcher, though. Okay. We used to do that on the bus <laughs> all the time. We'd f- somebody, we'd have to find the most skilled fucking origamist or whatever they're <laughs> called on the bus who knew how to fold the. Uh, literally, <laughs> us going down the aisles of the seats. Does anybody know how to make that thing? Does anyone know how to make that thing? Does anyone have any markers? <laughs> We have to be on this bus for an hour. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Cootie catcher. I'm sorry I derailed it. Continue. Anyway. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Turn around. That's not a fortune. Turn around. Why? Turn around. Gully? Gully! shot of her running into her arms and the camera 360 because that's her mom <laughs> we've come a long way that's her mom we've come a long way since she left no we haven't <laughs> things just got worse you're right oh boy we came a long way with the parents okay we'll say that and yeah golly's just here for a visit because i'm sure the parents were like um hey please come back <laughs> Just for a second. And, like, Golly's sitting on the bed giving her advice on what to do about her current social ostracization. (laughs) Remember earlier in the film she was like, I'm in the worst situation. She says it, like, three times. She's like, I'm in a bad position. I'm in a horrible position. (laughs) My position is bad. My position is bad. Yes, my position is bad. Now there are only two things for you to do, and you're not going to like either one of them. You have to apologize, and you have to lie. You said never to lie. I know. I did. Let me see how I can explain this. Sometimes a little lie that makes people feel better isn't really wrong. She's saying, like, Harriet, it's great that you see things as they are, but, like, you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to be spy. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't she's have She's like, to. you can write the truth, but you can, like, you know, soften the truth she's, a little. She's like, you can talk to Mr. Withers without, you know, <laughs> spying on him through this ceiling. Uh, yeah. You can talk to Agatha K. Plummer. Without breaking and entering into her residence. Yeah. You don't have to uh, hide yourself to get close to people, get a closer look at people. Yeah. And I do love her parting advice for her. I think it's time for you to start writing something other than notes. Like what? You'll think of something. Can't you come back for just a little while? Oh, no. I never go back. Only forward. And you know what else? Good friends are one of life's blessings. Don't give them up without a fight. 
I think everyone should remember that for a time where you just fuck up. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it happens to all of us and it will happen again in the future. You got to apologize. You've just got to realize when you have opened your mouth and fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> and here's the thing. She tries to apologize to Janie. Oh, it breaks my heart. It doesn't go well. Tries to apologize to Sport. It doesn't go well. That goes even less well. Oh, yeah, because oh. when she goes to apologize to Sport, he and his dad are celebrating because he finally got paid for something he wrote. He got his advance on his book. $10,000. Which is, wow. Uh, yeah, must in 1996 good, money. That must have been a good book. Uh-huh. Do you know how much the advance was on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? What, like? 2,500 pounds. <laughs> which is almost three grand in American Yikes. Dollars. Hey, Harriet, you hear the good news? You're a writer. Say, you hungry? Ah, I feel like going at the fanciest, schmanciest restaurant in town. We'll abuse the waiter. Who's with me? Harriet? She can't come. What do you mean she can't come? You haven't even asked her. I said she can't come. Like Sports says, no, she can't come out and have fun with us. I absolutely refuse. She's been an asshole lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not having it. And you know what? Good for you, Sport. Yeah, good for you. Know your worth, Sport. But the thing is, is that Janie and Sport independently come to the decision that they don't want to hang out with Marion anymore because she's awful. Because, like, yeah, maybe Harriet was shitty to them, but Harriet, for the most part, is a good person, and Marion is not. The next day, Harriet stands up in front of the entire class and <laughs> this is such a real move. It really is. I was so expecting this film to fizzle the fuck out. Oh, and it so doesn't. It does. It so doesn't in the most exquisite way. I know. I, I keep going. Harriet stands up and she says, listen, Miss Elson, I don't think it's fair that Marion gets to be the only person who edits the sixth grade newspaper. She spoke the uncomfortable truth. Everyone was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think that it's too much for one person. And that it's not fair to everybody, because everybody deserves a chance. And... And we should change it. Objection! This isn't a courtroom, Marion. Marion, objection! <laughs> this is not a courtroom, Miss Hawthorne. I know, oh my god. And, and like, oh, Elson's like, you know, okay. This is interesting. You're right. It does seem like a lot for one person to take on. Maybe it should be two roles. Does anyone have a candidate they'd like to put forward to be the editor of the, what's it called? The guidepost. The guidepost, yes. And everyone is silent for a second. And oh, when, it's just completely silent. When I tell you oh. I could have stood up again. Uh-huh. When the boy with the purple socks pipes up and goes, Miss Elson, she's right. It is unfair. I think that Harriet's a very good writer. And if we only listen to one person's opinion, we may never get anywhere new. But Harriet might have something very original. And I'd like to read what she has to write. And I'm like, you don't talk. I know. Like, this is the first thing you've ever said in front of people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have it all capital letters. Where in the purple fuck did that come from? <laughs> like, if we only listen to one person's opinion, we'll never get anywhere new. I, I know. This is a Nickelodeon film. And all I'm saying is, she said you should hang yourself, and you stood up for her. Yeah, no, the boy with the purple socks. Is the hero of this movie. He sure is. <laughs> 
Because then, in just a matter of moments, Sport seconds the nomination, Janie thirds. I third it. And yeah. soon the whole class has got their hands up. Mm-hmm. So now Harriet has her own column. Which means she's got to be obnoxious with a typewriter the now. T- the pulling the type, using her whole body weight to pull the <laughs> typewriter up onto the bed. Oh and my god. This was just when I thought the film would fizzle out. And we have this great last sequence here with the typewriter. Oh, her typing her column. Yeah. <laughs> I have dot, dot, dot. Did we learn a single thing? I don't know if we did, Karen. <laughs> we did. We absolutely did. I think what she's learned is, yes, it's good to tell the truth, but don't be a dick about it, right? I'm on a mission to be a great writer. A good friend once told me that all great writers try to see everything. Okay. Here goes. She's writing about how George from the grocery store and how he's not actually stealing vegetables, but he's like helping the lady that runs the place hand them out to homeless children. Yeah, I know. She was totally wrong. She was totally wrong about George. All the shit she gave poor George. And uh, Miss Plummer, Agatha K. Plummer. What is that? That shake and bake contraption she's got? Yeah. It's a device that's designed to, quote, make you lose weight. I've seen that in gay porn more than anywhere else. <laughs> and I think it's just so you can see a man's ass jiggle. That's so funny. And I was I saw her on that, I was like, okay, <laughs> it's a Nickelodeon movie. <laughs> no, it's a weight loss device. Apparently. The relaxicizer. Yeah, You'll no. love the way it makes you feel. <laughs> oh, boy. It's my little secret. Stop it. <laughs> Stop talking about it. I've noticed that sometimes... Stuff you think is broken forever is actually totally fixable. (laughs) But some stuff is supposed to fall apart. Oh, Frankie and his American girlfriend, like, fixing the truck. She's fixing the truck for him. I know. It's so cool. Okay, (laughs) there are two kinds of people. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool and hot. And Mr. Withers got another cat. It's a kitten. And she formally retracts everything she said in the notebook, right? Yeah. Like, she's like, hey, I'm sorry I was an asshole. I really didn't mean for anybody to see it, but I'm sorry you did. The truth is important, but so are your friends. And if you can have them both, then it's a good life. Until next issue. I remain your faithful correspondent, Harriet M. Welsh. Guys, <laughs> interspliced with all of this, we get glimpses of the holiday pageant. You loved this. Uh, Marion Hawthorne's idea has taken vision through the eyes of Miss Elson. Harriet's an onion. <laughs> yeah. And Spore is a... Leg a lamb? Turkey leg? Turkey leg, probably. I I don't know. And I think Janie's a bottle of sauce or an asparagus. She's something. I can't She's remember. She's a vegetable. I, I can't remember either. But, but Ross, what is Marion dressed as? She's a fucking gravy boat. <laughs> she looks like an extra from Beauty and the Beast. It's the way, <laughs> the way she believes she is the crown jewel <laughs> of these people. Beautiful dancing gravy, gravy boat. <laughs> Beautiful dancing gravy. Also, guys, the stink bomb did make it in the end. Oh my god. Just to get some back revenge on uh, Marion there. Because first of all, 
What song is playing, Ross? Not these children throwing ass to James Brown's Get Up <laughs> Off of That Thing. Get up off of that thing and dance to do you better. Get up off of that thing and dance to do sing it now. Get up off of that thing and dance to do you better. Get up off of that thing and try to release that pressure. They're like limboing under the turkey baster. This is, I get it, I get it. It's a dumb kid movie moment. But like, why are they throwing ass like that? These are 11 year olds. No, I know. 11 year old sixth graders. And then you hear that hissing noise and the stink bomb starts coming through the ventilation system. Just sport Janie and Harriet just just completely losing it on the stage. And we're still it's still vegetables throwing ass to James Brown. <laughs> and guys, that's fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. What a tidy little project that is. Uh, I'm so sad that we didn't cherish that movie growing up together. I know, I know. I, 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 you've been alone in the Harriet the Spy fandom. It really was a core memory in my life. No, Carrie, you've obviously drawn a lot about your current... Uh, I'm sorry. You've obviously drawn a lot of yourself from that movie. And I'm so sad I didn't realize just how much until just today. I know. Apparently it made you rather emotional. I mean, it did. <sighs> the golly. Yeah. The golly of it all made me emotional. That's a special connection, you know? She deserves to have that connection. I think that, because you are literally a writer spy right now. I am. You're a writer, and you're not a spy proper, but you work for a private investigator. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. You literally kind of became Harriet the Spy yeah. in a very fun adult way. And and we saw, oh, remember those missing persons posters we saw in that documentary that you made? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Wild. I'm sorry. No, no. We're not like, <laughs> we're not out here for clout. We're out here to get missing people found, mm. but... <laughs> No, you it's... are Harriet the Spy, Carrie. I know. You're Carriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to write that down. I used to doodle that in like the margins of my notes in school. Yeah. Carriet the Spy. Carriet the Spy. I am too much, I tell ya. And a Nickelodeon film at that. Wow. <laughs> That was so weird to experience with 2020 vision. <laughs> Nickelodeon. I'm kind of glad. I mean, I'm not glad about it, but hey. Guys, we are going to keep clicking along with some of our favorite Nickelodeon movies this month. And uh, yes, our next selection does have some questions attached to it. Like, uh, guys, why are you doing the sequel and not the very first movie? I know, but it's just too good. The sequel's better. The sequel is better. And we had yeah. the sequel on VHS. Have we remembered another perfect sequel that we didn't remember before? I know, right? Oh my, because guys, we, as we all know, if you are if you are any authority on film, you know that Shrek 2 is the greatest sequel to ever be produced. But Rugrats in Paris is also a pretty excellent sequel. Little Onions. <laughs> Join us next week. 
for Rugrats in Paris. You ready to sob about Chucky not having a mom? Because I am. Until next week, guys, you can go check us out on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. I want everyone to come and join this little watch party. Don't forget to check out the Patreon. Guys, there's never been a better time to give us your money, guys, for just $5 a month. You're get, you can become a little onion contributor at the $5 level. You could get access to all of our extended content, our bonus content, our outtakes, our bloopers. We're doing Shoot the Shit with Carrie and Ross. We're doing long-form coverage. You can get all 90 bajillion episodes of The Haunting of Hill House or John Adams <laughs> right now. No, yeah, for five bucks, guys, you get it all at once. Like, you're getting, like, 30-plus pieces of content if you go subscribe right now. Let's turn this party of five into a party of 50 or 500 or, like, whatever. <laughs> you know, guys, share us with your friends. Be rate and review and retweet and carry and take my hand. <laughs> yeah? That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And this month is going to be so much more fun. I love than, it. Than, than past months have been. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Because I miss... I, I miss just having fun with this instead of treating it like a job. You I, know, know, I know, I know. Ugh, it'll be great. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.